section sixty three part three chapter three continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain the germans are going to reply at any moment said don marcelo to his friend the senator was of the same opinion undoubtedly they would retaliate carrying on an artillery duel all of the french batteries had opened fire the mountain was thundering the shell whining the horizon still tranquil was bristling with black spiral columns the two realized more and more how snug they were in this retreat like a box at the theatre some one touched lacour on the shoulder it was one of the captains who was conducting them through the front we are going above he said simply you must see close by how our cannons are working the sight will be well worth the trouble above the illustrious man was as perplexed as astonished as though he had suggested an interplanetary trip above when the enemy was going to reply from one minute to another the captain explained that sub-lieutenant lacour was perhaps awaiting his father by telephone they had advised his battery stationed a little further on it would be necessary to go now in order to see him so they again climbed up to the light through the mouth of the tunnel the senator then drew himself up majestically erect they are going to fire at us said a voice in his interior the foe is going to reply but he adjusted his coat like a tragic mantle and advanced at a circumspect and solemn pace if those military men adversaries of parliamentarism fancied that they were going to laugh up their sleeve at the timidity of a civilian he would show them their mistake desnoyers could not but admire the resolution with which the great man made his exit from the shelter exactly as if he were going to march against the foe at a little distance the atmosphere was rent into tumultuous waves making their legs tremble their ears hum and their necks feel as though they had just been struck they both thought that the germans had begun to return the fire but it was the french who were shooting a feathery stream of vapor came up out of the woods a dozen yards away dissolving instantly one of the largest pieces hidden in a nearby thicket had just been discharged the captains continued their explanations without stopping their journey it was necessary to pass directly in front of the spitting monster in spite of the violence of its reports so as not to venture out into the open woods near the watch-tower they were expecting from one second to another now the response from their neighbors across the way the guide accompanying don marcelo congratulated him on the fearlessness with which he was enduring the cannonading my friend is well acquainted with it remarked the senator proudly he was in the battle of the marne the two soldiers evidently thought this very strange considering desnoyers advanced age to what section had he belonged in what capacity had he served merely as a victim was the modest reply an officer came running toward them from the tower side across the cleared space he waved his kepi several times that they might see him better lacour trembled for him the enemy might descry him he was simply making a target of himself by cutting across that open space in order to reach them the sooner and he trembled still more as he came nearer it was rene his hands returned with some astonishment the strong muscular grasp 
he noticed that the outlines of his son's face were more pronounced and darkened with the tan of camp life an air of resolution of confidence in his own powers appeared to emanate from his person six months of intense life had transformed him he was the same but broader-chested and more stalwart the gentle and sweet features of his mother were lost under the virile mask lacour recognized with pride that he now resembled himself after greetings had been exchanged rene paid more attention to don marcelo than to his father because he reminded him of chichi he inquired after her wishing to know all the details of her life in spite of their ardent and constant correspondence the senator meanwhile still under the influence of his recent emotion had adopted a somewhat oratorical air toward his son he forthwith improvised a fragment of discourse in honor of that soldier of the republic bearing the glorious name of lacour deeming this an opportune time to make known to these professional soldiers the lofty lineage of his family do your duty my son the lacours inherit warrior traditions remember our ancestor the deputy of the convention who covered himself with glory in the defence of mayence while he was discoursing they had started forward doubling a point of the greenwood in order to get behind the cannons here the racket was less violent the great engines after each discharge were letting escape through the rear chambers little clouds of smoke like those from a pipe the sergeants were dictating numbers communicated in a low voice by another gunner who had a telephone receiver at his ear the workmen around the cannon were obeying silently they would touch a little wheel and the monster would raise its gray snout moving it from side to side with the intelligent expression and agility of an elephant's trunk at the foot of the nearest piece stood the operator rod in hand and with impassive face he must be deaf yet his facial inertia was stamped with a certain authority for him life was no more than a series of shots and detonations he knew his importance he was the servant of the tempest the guardian of the thunderbolt fire shouted the sergeant and the thunder broke forth in fury everything appeared to be trembling but the two visitors were by this time so accustomed to the din that the present uproar seemed but a secondary affair lacour was about to take up the thread of his discourse about his glorious forefather in the convention when something interfered they are firing said the man at the telephone simply the two officers repeated to the senator this news from the watch-tower had he not said that the enemy was going to fire obeying a sane instinct of preservation and pushed at the same time by his son he found himself in the refuge of the battery he certainly did not wish to hide himself in this cave so he remained near the entrance with a curiosity which got the best of his disquietude he felt the approach of the invisible projectile in spite of the roar of the neighboring cannon he perceived with rare sensibility its passage through the air above the other closer and more powerful sounds it was a squealing howl that was swelling in intensity that was opening out as it advanced filling all space soon it ceased to be a shriek became a rude roar formed by diverse collisions and frictions like the descent of an electric tram through a hillside road or the course of a train which passes through a station without stopping End of section sixty three